the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Jason Allen King. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What the business is, everybody? <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a snazzy new open for every episode. Every episode. <laughs> business is. Oh, boy. This is exciting. It's a hot, screaming start. Uh Brian, Jason, all, the whole crew is here. We got we got Voltron fully formed. Yeah, that's right. Excited to be back. I know Jason was out on a heroin journey. Uh, <laughs> he did something. He did something deftifying this past week, and I can't wait to talk to him about it. But first, let's get the boring stuff out of the way. Brian, how was your weekend? You know what? Uh, it was fine. Uh, I uh, got a lot of work done, got a little bit of rest, watched a couple movies, uh, smoked a brisket on Saturday for about 12 hours. That was fun. Um, yeah, it was good. It was a good weekend. Funny enough, my phone didn't ring. You don't have a <laughs> you don't have an app that just automatically buzzes my phone when you smoke meat. I don't. Oddly enough, I, I need to look into that. Yeah, um, that's weird. That's it's weird. 2020. Bro. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta. I will hold on. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, <laughs> Brian, Brian, Jason. I don't know if you knew, but Brian hooked up some pork shoulder uh, about a week back, and I must have been talking to this man at 11:30 at night. <laughs> and I said, uh, "Hey, I think, you think I said, man, that sounds that pretty good." I said, uh, "I think you. What do you think about me coming by and, and you know getting some of that?" And, uh, and he said. Uh, Oh yeah, you know, sometime tomorrow. I said, "Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm up now. You sound like you." <laughs> it was it was like seriously, it was like ten o'clock at night. Yeah, and dude, when I Jason, when I tell you, my wife shot me this look. It she, when she heard me do that, uh, she looked at me like she wished she'd have chose door number two. Like she had that look <laughs> in her face. Uh, she was like, "I'm just so so ashamed of this man that he will bust up in somebody's whole nighttime groove." to go get some pork. So she was, she was ashamed of me, but I was on a mission. So I went, Brian was gracious enough to welcome me over and we socially distanced. And I got there and uh, now Jason, I had my mask on and when it's 2020. So I asked him, uh, is it safe uh, for black people to have masks on in this neighborhood? Yeah. And, uh, he said, a legit question. A, a legitimate legitimate question. Yeah, no sense of anything. And uh, Brian said, I think it might be okay, but I heard some heavy bass in one of the cars. So I said, all right, it's at least someone that sympathizes with the black. <laughs> so, so I said, so I said uh, okay. So then they gave me the, the pork shoulder and I brought it home. And, uh, you know, my wife did a lot of judging, but she also ate a lot of that pork shoulder. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and Tara, Brian's wife, gave us uh, these rolls they were like uh Pete what is they Brian what are they called they were uh these like boozy uh, cinnamon rolls uh that she made because uh, uh, we're back on on keto 
and so she made it with sugar for her food blog and so we had to we had to we had we had frozen them with the thought of giving them to somebody and she said well if will's coming over you know at midnight you know no we'll a bunch <laughs> no. of the a bunch if of the we'll, rolls too if will come over if will come over at midnight you want some of them rolls you got that yes sir <laughs> so then so then so we had i had pork shoulder i had some sweet rolls my wife had both of them and she just she just couldn't stop about how good it was and uh i mean i ate yeah. that pork shoulder because brian gave me like because I, I kind of wasn't totally honest with Brian because he said, is it for you or the family? And I said the family, but it was really for me. <laughs> but I knew that I could eat a family's worth. So I, I, yeah, I guess yeah. I'm really not lying, really. So, well, you've just you've just given up complete. You just live in jogging pants now, right? You don't have clothes anymore. That- <laughs> Nothing. No, yeah, no restrictions with my <laughs> with my clothes. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm taking I'm taking full advantage of uh, no one seeing me. Nah, you you are overworking buttons on everything you own right now. <laughs> a, on, for you. I'm going on strike. They're so overworked. <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. Yeah, I'm taking. I, I know how to lazy, my brother. Now I am. <laughs> I am doing a lot of work, which you know, I kind of, I'm kind of digging my job. So I'm, I'm actually for the first time in almost a decade, I, I'm cool with a job. So, oh, good uh, for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it, kind of digging in, and you know, uh, having fun with that. So that's. That's uh, been busy, and then you know, little guys. It's part of happiness, around. man. You said it's a big part of happiness, I think. Finding what, uh, finding a job that you can can, like you said, sink your teeth into. I think yeah. it's a underrated. Then, thing. Once comedy got sucked out like a you know a vacuum, uh, you know, it became even easier to focus on my job. So <laughs> yeah, I bet it did. So that's yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's where I'm at at the moment. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's. It's good. It's it's I'm um, living living the life, man. I, I'm living my best life, the best you can in a quarantine. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. but uh, Jason, I, I've alluded yeah. to it. Uh, Jason, he did something death defying this past week, Brian. I don't know if you knew. I did not know. This is this is breaking news to me. Jason sat up one day. I don't know what day it was this past week, and he said, "COVID be damned. I'm gonna." I, I'm going to do uh, what the people need me to do. And Jason decided that he uh, was going to actually go do a show. He's Jason has done. He's officially back, y'all. Jason That's is right. back. And uh, yeah. I got to talk to you about that experience, brother. First, what made you decide to go ahead and, and do it? Uh, two things. One, I, the, uh, I got the call. That was a big part of saying yes. Uh, <laughs> Just, <laughs> you had the opportunity. The opportunity was there. Yeah. Uh, that's number one. But yeah, just that uh, you know, I I'm, I some tr- level of trust in that uh, they're going to socially distance people and you know masks and and the whole thing. So I thought you know the the likelihood of everyone putting their best foot forward was was about ninety nine percent. And so I said, yeah, sure, sure, I'll make myself available and I'll do this comedy show. Where was this? That was a whole lot of bullshit in what I just said. Right there. But, <laughs> um, I figured that I, in all honesty, like I figured I, you know, I, I, it was bullshit what I just said, but it's also like, you know, they're, they're doing, they're, they're slowly opening up. It was kind of bef- a little bit before some of this, some of these other things started boosting in other States and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Although our numbers never really did go down, but um but I feel like I've been playing by the rules uh, to the best of my ability. I am a mask wearer. 
I guess you have, to say, you have to say that now. Um, right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm washing hands as much as I can. I'll even put on the gloves every once in a while, depending on what I'm doing. So, um, yeah. So it was at a place called Tiffany at the Boardroom uh, in Albemarle. Yeah, I love that room. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good room. Yeah. And in fact, I was the last time I was there was with Burpee, comedian Burpee. Oh, yeah. uh, I want to say it was in maybe December. It wasn't that long ago, um, although I guess it is July. But uh, and, and he and I were there together and he was the headliner on the show. How about that? So, uh, yeah. And I think that was his second, maybe second or third show that he had done. Um but I came prepared. I had I came with mask on. I had uh, I brought two extra microphones, mm. uh, so they didn't have to use the one that they were using. Um, and uh, yeah, I had uh, you know hand sanitizer and things like that, and I was I was ready to go. So, so did would so even with all the precautions you took, did you feel any any nervousness, or once you got into it, you forgot about you know anything you might have been apprehensive about at first? Well, if we're talking like if we're talking about the the COVID uh, part aspect of this, um, I I definitely, which I do anyway, sat by myself, you know, in my prep for doing anything. I didn't really um, go near anybody, even when the people came over. You know, the own the owner and the the staff and stuff who were very nice and they're really great there, by the way. Um, really nice people. Everyone kept their distance. The all, the owner, everybody had masks on uh, who worked there. Um, you know, things like they, I had opened my own beer. They just had gloves on and handed it to me. Um, it was that kind of thing. So, you know, they were, they definitely were taking to, as far as I could tell, uh, all the, all the right measures. So I felt, I felt pretty far away. They, the way that they sat the room was nobody was up front. I didn't hardly have to walk by anybody to get in. This is normally a place that seats probably a hundred people, something like that. Yep. And I, I would say they had, less than half of that well actually i think they had half because i think they would have sold more but and uh yeah so they had they did their best to to distance people uh that being said you know you t- a cluster of eight people sitting at a table which are you know five or six feet away from somebody else so you know the 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 danger was certainly still there i would say without question but but they took some uh, nice precautions yeah yeah that that uh that made me feel good while we were there um now once everybody gets in there and they're laughing and stuff, I, I appreciate the the danger of that. But it, you know, it wasn't the biggest show in the world, and you know, I knew I had been there before, so I know I was getting into. If I had never been to the room before, I, I don't know if I would have done the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that aspect of it, you know, definitely still had some nerves. Now the performance side, I definitely had some some anxiety. The last show that I had done before everything well i should say during this was was a zoom performance which we don't have to talk about that i don't think that was the best show in the world (laughs) i thought the show was set up and it was run very well uh my performance uh, having that been the first time i've ever done anything like that was kind of a trip Uh, so uh maybe not my best moment But I'll tell you what, man, it took about because I had some jokes written for, you know, for the pandemic and what was going on. And I think I maybe got two of those out and I wrote probably a dozen. And uh, yeah, it took it took a little bit to conjure up some of the newer material in that respect. So I ended up getting into my what I normally would do uh, probably a little quicker than I had attended. Um, but I'll tell you, it was like riding a bike, 
it, it did not take long to uh, to get into it. And in fact, I would say because the it, the novelty was back, mm-hmm. that that the the excitement of being on stage was back, and somehow that made it um, that made me more comfortable. It wasn't a, can I do this? It wasn't those kinds of nerves. It was I just haven't done this. I was afraid I was going to get up there and it was going to be it's going to feel very different and you know jokes wouldn't come. I mean I that I didn't I didn't miss a, a timing on a punchline or anything like that that I could tell on the show. I thought I would you know forget what I normally do. I mean I mean I, I definitely I did about fifteen minutes of new material by the way. Ooh, yeah, wow. yeah. that's bold uh, for your first time back in front of a crowd like yeah. That. Yeah, but you know what? I had been, uh, you know, knowing I was going to do this. I, I, we, you and I, we've talked about it on the show. Like it was going to feel weird to just go do your old set when so much has changed. Mm-hmm. I think we, you know, on an individual basis, I think we've all changed to some degree. So it felt like I should try some some new things, get into some new material, and you know, kind of with the times a little bit. Uh, and I did that, and I felt really good about it. And I would say. I, pretty much all of it, I, I think I'll keep. Yeah, they they all landed pretty well. And I was saying, like, I was rehearsing by myself a lot um, leading up to it because of the nerves. You know, fear is a motivator, and uh, definitely motivated me to to do that. So, plus these people had seen me, you know, six months before. I was a little nervous about that too. I didn't know who would be there, and it was a sold out show because that's that's Burpee's hometown, um, and he just blew the doors off the place. I know uh, he did. I walked away feeling good. I was like, all right, I, you know, I open that crowd's good. It's good set. And then Burpee went up and just murdered everybody. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not. Nature of some of these shows. Long way to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the the excitement was there. It, it felt fresh and new, but it also felt like, you know, felt like an old shoe at the same time. Um, and uh, it also, I scratched the itch, but it was like a, bu- you know, like a bug bite. And it made it itch more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now I'm back to went to the next one i think i followed that so you got bit and there's something was itching and then it, if it itches you know how when you scratch a bug bite it makes it itch more you know what i mean it becomes so more irritated was, this was like a, a bug okay. bit you and yet that that performance was the scratch yeah and then you want yeah. to do it again now i want to just keep doing it yeah it's so much fun man ointment i think will take care of that yeah <laughs> you think yeah you might be able to quit all this <laughs> <laughs> Just a little balm. Uh, it was just, it was, I uh, did not balm. Uh, it was actually <laughs> very well. Uh, he is back. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's comedy, man. And it was amazing. And I, I feel like I'm not giving it the enthusiasm that it was so good to be back, man. I appreciate the comedy zone booking me for it. And it was, it was awesome. It what, was, what about the audience? Did, did you feel any different energy from them with all we're in the midst of? Uh, the first couple minutes, I think I had a, that was probably a little more awkward than I normally am. Um, but I, I guess a little bit, it, maybe they, it took them a couple minutes to, to warm up, but honestly, I think people wanted to be out so bad. They wanted to be, you know, in a public place. I mean, we're social people. And I think not only that, but they, I also think that most of those, most of the people who were there weren't wearing masks. And I say most, I doubt any of them were. Uh, wearing a mask, at least when they were sitting there for the show. So I, I, I mean, that, that's a conversation in itself. Mm-hmm. This might not be a town that uh, you is on the joke? side of, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> like Trump's. 
<laughs> I did not. But, uh, not sure that would have went over well. I don't want to. I don't want to impugn everybody who's in the audience for that. But I, my hunch is that they were, they were in that in that uh, ilk. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but yeah, just not a lot of masks. I think people were excited to be out, and I think they would have probably sold a hundred tickets and sold the place out uh, were they given that opportunity. But yeah, if, you, if you'd have been selling masks after the show, I don't, I don't think you'd have made much money. No. Nope. That's right. Yeah. It's like, I, I listen, I'm, I'll be the, the first one to, to jump on the, the bandwagon and say, you got to wear a mask. Everybody wear a mask. But I'm also not, you know, so ignorant to say that, that uh, I can't, I can appreciate wanting to get things back to normal. It's just, it's just whether or not we should, I don't, you know, and, and we're just not there. Got to wear a mask, man. This, this is, this is bad. It's, it's as bad as it's been here. So, yeah, it's tough. And so I'm the only person that thinks like the mask look kind of cool. <laughs> Probably. I, like, am I the only person that like, I don't hate how I look with a mask. I feel like Bane sometimes. Like I'm like, yo, like I like the, and like and I see some people like little designer things and little messages. I'm like, yo, this not bad if it's like this for a little while. It's, it's nope. the must-have fashion accessory of 2020. Yo, you got jacked up teeth. This has been a golden age. Like, yeah, bad breath. Oh, listen, though, I will say this, man. There, there's yeah. there's different levels of the mask because people who wear glasses have a different mask experience than people mm-hmm. who don't because my, because my glasses get all fogged up. So you have to wear yep. your glasses over the mask. And it looks like it's further down. Your, it's all, It's really quite awful. It's so uncomfortable. And you look ridiculous. I look like I should be, I don't know, reading books in front of a fire before three ghosts <laughs> visit me that night. Like, it's bad. It's all bad. So, it's so frustrating. I appreciate people not wanting to wear that shit because they suck. But, you know, and, and it's who, the unselfish thing to do. Who did you, who did you perform with again? Uh, it was uh, me and Burpee. They don't. They don't have a, a host there, so I had. I went in straight cold, buddy. Ooh. Yeah, nice. yeah, nice, nice. Well, that's good, man. So then, so now you got the itch back. Are you are you taking taking on some more shows? Are you kind of playing it by ear or what? No, I I I won't lie that I've had a little. You know, I felt a little bit bad about doing the show. I, I wasn't sure that. And, uh, you know, did I did I put my loved ones in danger by doing that? So I, I definitely struggled a little sort of morally with whether or not I should have done it. So, no, I haven't exactly been blowing anybody up trying to get on stages. Um, luckily, uh, you know, like I said, my folks are older and stuff and, and we're starting to kind of spend time with them a little bit more. Now we don't there's no hugging or anything like that. We stay what far away from each other. We just kind of hang out in the backyard and, and that kind of thing. But I still, you know, kind of put myself in jeopardy a little bit or put them potentially uh, at risk. And I want to limit that as much as possible. So I'm not super, you know, aggressively seeking to get on other stages. Not to say that I won't do it, but it's got to be the right situation, I think. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, that might be a good note to, uh, end the first segment on because i mean there's definitely more stuff happening in the comedy world uh that, that we can talk about in the next segment so uh yeah let's hit the pause button here and uh we'll be back how long do runners need to stretch before hitting the road this is a 60 second training tip powered by ortho carolina 
Stretching muscles while the body is at rest can lengthen muscles and help runners improve performance, reduce injuries, and recover from a tough run faster. But how long should a good stretch last? The simple answer is 30 seconds. This allows your cold muscles to relax and be ready for work. Taking the time to stretch properly is critical, especially if you're coming back from an injury. Something to note though, stretching a muscle group for longer than 30 seconds can actually decrease your speed and hurt your performance. In addition to a good pre-run stretch, spend some time after your run and stretch the same muscle groups for 30 seconds as well. This has been your 60 second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more training tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Welcome back. Comedy Zone podcast. We alluded to it during the break that we have some things going on in the comedy world. Uh, comedians, at least allegedly, behaving very badly. Uh, <laughs> in particular, Chris D'Elia and Joey Diaz. Now, both of these dudes, <clears throat> a big, big fan of. I've uh, seen them, seen, I think both of them live here in, here in Charlotte. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Lee, of course, I guess the, the allegation is that he was soliciting um, nude photos from underaged girls um, and maybe sharing some. I'm not sure. Um, and then with Joey Diaz, I guess the, 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 that he said live on a show or something that uh, he would like have girls give him head to get stage time or something like Jason. Jason, you may have more there or no more no, about I- it than I do. Is that accurate? That that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he was, uh, bragging about it to on Joe Rogan's show that, uh, you know, f- female comics to get on stage, uh, that, that, yeah, they would have to, they'd have to blow them. And, uh, when, and they all had a good laugh about it and they, they thought that was hysterical. And, uh, and then they doubled down after on Twitter when people started calling them out and, uh, yeah, just doubled down saying, this is, this is what it is. Don't, you know, don't be so sensitive kind of shit. Uh, like on some, Hey, they're just jokes or yeah, it's, it's the culture too bad. Or did you get a sense? If this is the culture is too bad. That's the thing. He didn't even deny it the second, the second time around, at least from, from what I, from what I remember. Uh, yeah, this is, this isn't as if he was just like, listen, it was a joke. Relax, everybody. Don't be so sweet. It was like, no, screw you. Um, which is just crazy. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just bizarre to me that he is in the same camp as like Brad Williams, who, who was talking about he, that he had sexually assaulted a woman. I think it was like rape and, and, you know, just talking about and everyone having a good laugh and, uh, Mm. It always go this this kind of conversation. Let's say that those were both jokes, right? Because I'm not 100 percent sure. 
but but I'm pretty sure the Diaz one was was legit. Let's say those those were were both jokes. Um, those are bad jokes. They're they're not, they're they're not funny. Why in the world would you ever feel like that would be <laughs> that would be okay? Right, right. They're in the same camp. Like what? Where? It just it begs the question that this is the this is the thing that gets me the most is if you're a comic, are you twenty four hours a day insulated by by that escape that that card that get out of jail free card of these are jokes I'm a comic I can say this right you know. But at the same time, you'll be talking about, you know, authenticity. And this is the last bastion of free speech and the real comics really gave you who they were. So on one hand, it's like you're praised because you keep it realer than others. But then when it comes time to be held accountable for things, it becomes, well, I'm a comedian. Yes. Mm -hmm. This has always been my issue. It's like you can it's either you can either be edgy and be doing that for a purpose right to be edgy or you know or it's free speech and and, or it's or it's they're all jokes or not you know what i mean they seem to depending on the argument depending on what's going on they choose one or the other right these are just jokes it's fine you guys are being too sensitive cannot live in the same argument as this is my right to free speech and what I'm saying is important and don't censor me. Like, I'm sorry, but you can't, (laughs) to me, those two things are like, well, you don't get to cherry pick. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it feels that way to me. I mean, I've honestly, I've had the same issue with musical artists sometimes. Like it's like, it's just music. But then on the other hand, like, You'll talk about how real it is and everything else. And it's like, well, you got it. You can't, that can't come from the same person. So like for me, it's the same way with this comedy stuff. Like I intentionally use my real name on Twitter. Like I want to be accountable for the things I say. Now I started a burner account, but you know, that's first. (laughs) That's not part of the point I'm trying to make. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is the things that I talk about with my regular name, I am accountable for. Right. So when you know, so like that, and then, you know, you're going back and forth with somebody who ain't using their real name, you know, got any kind of thing up there, a picture of any damn body, and you going back and forth, and only one of you has to be accountable for the things they say. Yeah. Like that's just a, a silly place to be. So. Yeah, I think I think you're right, man. I don't think those two two things can exist in the same space. I, I just, and the, feels disingenuous. Part, feels disingenuous. Part of part of my problem is not that some of the things because I've seen Joey Diaz before. I've I've seen his comedy and he's hysterical. The dude is so funny. So I, every time I, I I'm gonna get into some sort of a date debate with somebody, it, it's well, you don't like that kind of humor. It's like no, no, no. I'm I, I've heard him tell. I'm not afraid of a dirty joke. I like mm-hmm. I like dirty jokes. I'm fine with that. But saying something like like this, where you are basically admitted to sexual assault, and at the very least, no, it's sexual assault. I'm not going to give it any other any other term. Like, I'm sorry that female comics, I think, have been dealing with shit that we we are just learning about for a long time, uh, or maybe some of us have known and kept our mouths shut. I don't know, but I just kind of feel like you know, is is this a time and place at the very least? For this kind of shit it's 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 a shame man i mean you hear stories 
you know, not necessarily all the time about female comedians, but I've heard about them being treated poorly for sure. But um, also staff, you know, club managers, you know, some of the stories I've heard. Uh, the women we've had as co-hosts on this podcast, some of the stories mm-hmm. I've heard. Um, this this is 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 a, a much more than a sort of a bad apple situation. There's a culture in comedy of treating women a certain way, and I think that like it takes number one, it takes people acknowledging that, and yeah. like with the, like these are not like isolated, far off instances. Like a lot of cats in this game treat women poorly, <laughs> like. That's like, yeah. there's no point in hiding from that. So it's like, okay, well, what do we do now? Because I don't believe it's up to women to change it. Uh, you know, it's up to men and guys like me and the shows that you book, the comedians you put on, the uh, the behavior you tolerate at your shows, listening to your staff. I mean, there's a lot of ways to come at this problem, but part of it is men being open and honest about the fact that there is a cultural issue at play here. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can get a little sheepish about this this part of it because I think I I you know I I know that I'm someone who have, have laughed things off before, and that's something I'm trying to change about myself to say you know if not laughed it off at least didn't say anything you know what I mean, and uh, yeah that's something I want to change about myself. I mean, how many times have I heard just just idiot comics? super experienced or brand new you say the, the women aren't funny i mean it's just oh. it it's just all the time it's like you're just so stupid like it's just such a stupid thing to say and all it is 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 ego and and male bravado and uh, you know that kind of thing well, um well anytime anyone's ever said that to me it's like that just tells me way more about you and how yeah. limited you are in mm-hmm. terms of what you've consumed Right. Uh, you know, like, yeah, that's just like I grew up. I mean, I this is where people jump up and go, I love women comics. So I'm fighting not to do that. But right. But, you know, it's like that notion is a silly one to me. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Just a, it, just another surprising m- m- moment right now that how how tone deaf and, and brain dead are people that they don't acknowledge or recognize that there has been really some, some good strides taken, whether it's the black lives matter or, or, you know, women's rights and women getting treated differently or, or, or at least people paying attention to this stuff more now that they feel so emboldened that they can just go tell a story about making a girl blow them before that she can perform. It's just, it's just, it seems odd to me. It seems like this, uh, they just are emboldened and brazen and they don't care. They're in, they're, they're in the boys club. They're in with, you know, Rogan and Diaz and Brad and Chris D'Elia and these guys, they're all sort of in that same pocket where they just feel super insulated and like they, they can just continue to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's a real problem, man. You just can't, traffic in that that kind of language they say there's things you shouldn't joke about or things can you joke about this can you joke about that i mean i don't have any definitive thing on any of that i just know that um you know that kind of (laughs) making a woman blow you to get some stage time is uh i mean it's just it's just over it's just disgusting i can't i just can't get past the disgust of something like that to even analyze how funny it might be 
uh, I, I just, yeah, and I, it's, it's, a, you know, and, and I won't pretend like, you know, guys be, being, uh, having exploits and talking about them is, it's not like that's something that is either neither new or going to go away. You know what I mean? Just being like, you know, that kind of conversation or whatever, being like, uh, you know, whatever I banged, whatever it is. Uh, it's about the idea that that then turns into the culture that you're talking about, that that turns into literally a financial and a, and a career changing scenario. It's just, it is the part that's really, really quite gross. And it's, makes you wonder who you know what kind of person is doing that kind of shit and it's you know it's not that different than what you hear in in hollywood right some casting directors and Mm -hmm. the things you may know more about that industry than me but that's certainly what i've heard um you know that 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 there's a part of the culture that involves that as well uh we're seeing that we saw that play out in the last couple years with weinstein and some of these other casts right absolutely so i that's why i'm saying i i I just it just feels much bigger than uh, you know I think people try to bad apple these things and it's like yeah. when you see example after example and story after story you can't pick and choose like there's too many comedians that jump up to these cast defense and it's like you can't be so inconsistent about these kind of principles like I love Bill Cosby like love him he's my frat brother he's from the same area as me he went to the same college as my mother uh loved yeah. Bill Cosby where Bill Cosby family but when these app when these allegations started happening and it went from he said she said to he said all them said uh it just to me that that's just it's just too much and i have to be able to acknowledge both things uh um if you want to go back and listen to a great episode of people listening go back to some of the interviews with dub davidoff we talk about nuance and how you have to be able to do two things like i'm fully able to acknowledge that bill cosby uh, you know, has done so much for this country, so much for black colleges, so much for black people, so much for America, American television, pioneer trailblazer on the Mount Rushmore um, in terms of, of, of talent and influence and all that. And at the same time, this man sexually assaulted a bunch of women. And right. like, you have to be able to do both those things. And I see too many comedians run to the defense of cats like this, number one, without even sitting back and when they say waiting for the facts to come out, like not even taking a second to say, yo, like my guy, I might like him, but he might have been wrong here. Like, let me see what she has to say. Let me let this process out. Was he got to say? It's just they immediately leap to these cast defense fans and yeah. comedians. And it's like you have to be able to hit the pause button and not go a la carte with your principles. Like, it's right. either stuff is either cool or it's not. And for me, I, you know, and sometimes that means arguments within your own community. Like that means arguments with me and other black folks about Cosby or some people and other folks about about Woody Allen or whoever. But uh, you, I, I just like, come on, man. Like it's too many women watching how we respond to to be jumping out, behaving like that, defending us. Right, right. And I think for so long, people people's natural, I don't know if it's natural or not, people re- usually respond negatively towards towards a woman towards a woman in some so many of these situations why don't we just ch- change the script a little bit and let's believe the women first or at the very least set not shut down the accusation and then learn some more about it let's not um let's not shame the victim 
or the person who's coming out who who does who has no power so oftentimes um th- those are the things that that I, i've um from just over the years have have learned from 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 female friends and and family and stuff where it's like just maybe we start with believing the women or at least enough to say let's let's listen to what she has to say and let's listen to the the scenario as opposed to just shutting it down you know the, the guys are immediately going going crazy and in, in denial and and you know lawyers are, are attacking the victims and things like that it's just you know character assassinations and things like that let's just start by believing believing the women and go from there that doesn't mean you have to you know hold to that if if truth comes out that's different then then you deal with it then but like let's let's have an open mind and, be, and believe them first i think that's just i don't know yeah i mean maybe what we're saying is all that shit all that caping up jumping in to save these dudes like give some of that energy to the women like exactly. as, as, yeah. as quick as you are to leap up and defend somebody's right to say some foul shit have some of that same energy for you know, jumping up and giving give a listening ear to what women have to say because, you know, like it's not just about like right now. It's about little girls growing up and what they see from the president on down. Like what kind yeah. of culture are we? And it's hard to come along and stand up for yourself. And and I'm like, some of these things that we see at play, like it's like this is what women have been dealing with. Like you notice that now like companies are saying Black Lives Matter all of a sudden, right? But it yeah. took one company to do that. And then other companies started doing it and doing it. Some of these white people we see that it's like, wow, people's minds are really getting changed. Some of them felt this way the whole time and just didn't feel like it was enough other people around to to, sure, to be right. the way about it. So, like, you know, all these things, you know, that you that you you have, it's like company after company after company comes out, and then more companies feel emboldened to do that. So the next time you see an allegation made by a woman and then another bunch of allegations fly in. Don't go, well, what made them wait so long? You see, sometimes it takes other people saying some shit. Yeah, that's right. Say it like we see that at play all over the place. Now, like people at their workplaces everywhere are more emboldened because other people are doing it. More athletes are emboldened because it ain't just Kaepernick anymore. More, more of everything when there's other people standing beside you. And that's what women have been trying to say is that, yeah, maybe sometimes you see 52 come out of the quote-unquote woodworks because it's scary as hell to come out and say something like that about somebody powerful. But once you once you have a couple of women that do, or a man, period, with the way the system is. So once you have a couple of women that finally do, more of them feel empowered to come out and tell their story. So that shouldn't be a reason you don't believe them. That should just be a reason you're willing to listen to more people. So, yeah, yeah I mean, there's lessons we can take from this and just like apply it to women, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know where those situations go from here in terms of Joey Diaz and uh, uh, Dalia. Uh, you know, I have, I don't think Dalia's posted much since the stuff happened with him. I'm not sure about Joey Diaz, but uh, those cats have. I, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know whether you know Dalia's going to deal with charges or what. You know, we have to see what he says. I guess they, you know, they're going to have. Uh, I mean. I, I don't know. Is there going to be a case? Is there going to be a lawsuit? I don't know if any of that stuff is happening yet. right now. It's just mostly existing on social media, right? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen any, any sort of legal developments with, with, with um, Chris D'Elia, but I know that like, you know, a lot of his friends like Whitney Cummings and stuff like that, you know, were very public about their 
how upset they were with him that they didn't know and you know uh um it was kind of interesting like the first thing that i thought when the delia stuff broke was like well what is whitney cummings gonna say like literally that was my first thought Mm -hmm. because you know i mean there were friends she was you know he played her husband on that one show and then you know she made a guest appearance on that other show and they were they were buddies um and she came out and 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 pretty roundly trashed him on social media and and um you know that was interesting the it shows how much how much that support is important right for 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 women and for for victims specifically too yeah the um joey diaz clip apparently i was just looking uh while you guys were talking that clip was in 2011 and it just kind of resurfaced Um, i didn't know that with everything that was happening um now, and the biggest issue, I guess, with the clip is that that yes, uh, um, Joey Diaz said it, uh, but then also Joe Rogan kind of laughed and sort of like, "Really, you did that? Ha ha ha!" You know, hilarious. Yeah. Um. You know, so there was that uh, a uh, cancel Rogan movement, which I'm sure Spotify was thrilled to see <laughs> happening a month Ooh, after they right after <laughs> right after they parked a truck full of money in front of his house. Yeah. Right. Um. So, <laughs> yeah, and that is, and I don't want to pretend like I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I know I talk about this a lot on this show, so I don't ever want to pretend like I'm like perfect. Like that is a, that is, it is a harder situation than, than I'm probably, you know, saying that it is, you know, especially if you're a, you're a, a host and the headliner is saying some awful shit mm. and you're at work. You know right. what I mean? Though, though, I don't want to, you know, brush over that. Like, well, of course you stand up and you say, look here, buddy. And uh, you know what I mean? That's not <laughs> the, the, the headlines be like, get the fuck out of here. You're, you're fired. I don't want to work with this guy. He's, right. You know, whatever it is. And maybe that's worth it. And sometimes it probably is. I just, I just want to, don't want to, you know, live on this soapbox as if, you know, I'm not without sort of my own flaws about this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, there's just been times where I wish I would have said something and I didn't. And well, know. I was going to say, I'm sure that you know that both of you have worked with headliners who have been either rude to the staff, not even necessarily in terms of like, uh, you know, sexually diminishing the staff or anything like that, but but who have just been rude to the staff, you know. Yeah. And I mean, what are you what are you supposed to do? You know, I mean, stop doing that. You know, that's not cool. I mean, you you would hope, but I I mean, you would. Well, yeah, but I, mean, I would want to. Th- I mean, going full because now we're talking about experiences that I had some years ago, right? So mm-hmm. there's kind of a difference between the way I could handle that then, or maybe I could handle it the same way both ways. But there's just a different lens through which I see it. So I was more like Jason, where if I saw or heard things, sometimes usually it was me hearing something. I never like totally witnessed somebody treating staff poorly it was always somebody told me about something that happened but i just randomly but that's random because i know a lot of comedians that have been around it i just the way the chips fell i've never really been around somebody actively mistreating now you may you know like demeaning and snide comments and jokes that weren't too cool I, i i feel like that's probably happened and i've definitely heard about like i said i've heard about things but I just some of the real bad experiences I heard I weren't I wasn't there for, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I just uh, you know sometimes, especially when we're doing these shows, I just I just don't want to come off sounding like I, I have all the answers and I'm I'm uh, what, what do they call it virtue signaling and all that kind of shit. Right. I don't want to be that. I just want to be someone who's sort of I don't know a voice of saying this is a change that needs to happen and I want to be more aware of it and other people would be aware of it. It's that kind and of I, thing. yeah. And I don't think you and I don't think you have to be perfect. To and I have to remind myself of that too. Like you don't have to get everything right to identify what's wrong. And it's sure. like you know there may be things and times in the past where I was inconsiderate, or you know whatever else. Um, but it's like I don't have to have been perfect to say this is wrong and this is something that's wrong with our culture, and it's up to men yeah. to fix it. Like I don't feel the need to have gotten every interaction right to uh, right. say something like that. And I think nobody mm-hmm. should. And that's part of the issue with like what we see with racism and people calling stuff out. And it's like, well, didn't you say this however many years ago? And it's like, look, like you could isolate any statement from anybody. Like you really could, but like, where is somebody at? And for me, you know, certainly none of the stuff like what we're talking about has happened with me, but uh, yeah, man, it's just like, you got to, the first step to me feels like you got to be able to call it out and you got to be yeah. able to call out, your peers and you know i mean me and you like we're trying to make our names in comedies like we don't have near the reach or power as those guys but it means something for us to be able to to speak on it and and to be honest about it and maybe you know people that are listening and and i don't i try not to fall into the trap of saying stuff like we got to protect our women and because I hear people say stuff like that, and it's like, <laughs> what kind of patronizing? Like, what? First of all, yeah, that was my, yeah. capable of protecting themselves. Number two, even if a woman did want protection, you need to ask her what protection looks like. Like, you just have this idea of you're gonna stand in front of somebody and say some shit. So I don't feel like I'm protecting anybody with this or any of that stuff. I just feel like, listen, comedy is something I love. I love comedy. I love comedians. I mean, it's it's been a game changer for my life. And it needs to get better. It needs to get better in that respect. And I just because everyone will benefit from it getting better is for this kind of stuff we're talking about. And it's a decent place to pivot because there's a great article about this uh, that's uh, it's floating around on uh, um, on Facebook and other places. And and it's uh, insidehook.com. And the name of the art, the title of the article is when in quotation marks when edgy comedy is actually just lazy. Yeah. Uh, and it, check it. Check out that article. It's really 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 cool and and the best part about it, and i can't believe i'm saying this because uh they quote anthony jeselnik in the article huh. um and I'm, I'm pulling it up here as we speak it's an interesting article because it's not something i would have expected from jeselnik who is one of the bluest comics going if you guys know oh anything about him. um for sure um and and this is something that i've always thought it's like it, it's not about uh, just being being gross and dirty for the for the sake of being gross and dirty. We see a thousand uh, open micers pull that shit because it's the easiest way to get a reaction, you know. Yeah. And and I think that uh, and I'm sorry, I'm still looking at well, it. Well, and, and to add to your point, then uh, also it's the easiest way to get some horrible views off your chest and use comedy as a nice little disguise for it. Um, you know, I've had I remember when I hosted the uh, comedy. <clears throat> open mic lol thursdays at fort mill south carolina uh we've had some comedians get up there and i'm like that was just hate speech like you got up you got up on here you weren't really telling jokes you were just getting a bunch of hateful shit off your chest that you could say well hey i'm just telling jokes like you don't get to come here and use comedy for that 
And I would right. say, like, you know, there's I'm sure there's all kinds of clan rallies you can go get that shit off your chest at, but you will not come here and and do what I know is not comedy. Just to, you know, just to say some hateful shit about people. So yeah, there's a line and even if I get it wrong sometimes, I'm happy to err on the side of too far with that. I, that's cool with me. But like, yeah, you can't you can't do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I agree 100%. And forgive me, I'm still kind of scanning this article here. Um, trying to get there. I'm surprised that it came from Anthony Jesselnick, though, because like you said, that, <laughs> like, if I heard a comment from him in that article, you would think it was him, like, defending something. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, well, he I'm, will, yeah. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not afraid to go places too soon or to go places that other, other um, comics won't go. But I've also heard him say in interviews, like, you know, people ask him, you know, like, you know, do you really think that, do you really, you know, is that really okay to you? And he always kind of laughs and he says, no, what kind of an asshole would I be if I really felt that, you know, so right. he's playing a character you know, and not, and not on himself, because you're right. What kind of a jerk would he have to be if he, you know, if he really exactly. That it's, was okay. it's Jerry Seinfeld saying, I'm putting a bunch of words together to elicit a, a laugh. It yeah. doesn't necessarily mean something you believe. Now I, I found the quote uh, and he says, uh, he told uh, paste, I guess it's a, either a website or magazine. It says later that year, quote, I see it and I welcome the challenge. Anyone who complains about PC culture is lazy. And I think that's my goal to kind of get through that obstacle course. I like doing colleges. He's referring to Jerry Seinfeld doing, uh, saying not he's not going to do colleges because they're too PC. He says, I like doing colleges because it's a challenge. How can I get these kids who are so PC to laugh at these things? I want to be like that. Uh, excuse me. I want it to be like that. I don't want to. I don't want a bunch of gross old men in the back smoking cigars saying they need more racist stuff. That sucks. Mm -hmm. So I think anyone who's complaining about PC doesn't want to work that hard on the jokes. Mm. That to me couldn't couldn't spell out how I felt about this for a long time. Um, it's too hard. It's too hard for people to 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 play that to play along with, you know, what's PC. That just spells it out so perfectly to me. Yeah, you know, and some work harder. Just aren't good enough. That's <laughs> right. People that just aren't good enough. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. He's, I mean, he's on target with that one. Like, I and Jason, you and I, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, I think we come down in a similar spot on a lot of these issues. Like, work harder. Uh, there's nothing you can't touch if you're willing to put the work in. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this stuff is lazy. A lot of times it's just people not wanting to put that work in and get a cheap laugh or get some hate off their chest. And uh, right. all of it, I hate I hate to see comedy, uh, you know, being used in that way, because, you know, we you got cast that really put their their all into this and you got audience members that really appreciate this thing. So yeah. it, just, it just cheapens it to 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 come at it like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's that. Uh, there's the the parody. There's there uh, the parody between comics sometimes is a little, uh, or I should say, the lack of parody is can be frustrating. So people are just like, just up there winging it, shooting the shit, and other people who are really trying to develop and, um, yeah, yeah that that difference can be can be frustrating sometimes. Now, next week on two forty year olds. <laughs> <laughs> You can just play, you can just play them clips back to next week on two four year olds. 
<laughs> yeah, I've been on my soapbox this week. Sorry, gang. You know what? No, we need it, man. I mean, it's all other old guys on this podcast. We love it. I don't know what the audience is doing with it, but this is the content <laughs> I'm here for. I want to talk about all the shit that's pissing me off. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Let's get to it, man. That is that's that shit pisses me off. Yeah, that's exactly what all this is. It pisses me off. Be better. Be better at whatever the hell you're doing. Stop being an asshole. That's what that's what I want to tell people. Brian, we need a segment on the show called uh, "That Shit Pisses Me Off." Like <laughs> we need a musical like drop, it. and we just need me and Jason complaining on the lead. In. <laughs> I'm on it. You can pick any episode. <laughs> it's something we're complaining about, but it's a, it's a val- I mean, I'm having fun with it, but it's such a valuable point, man. Like, fellas, like, come on, man, be better, be better. Come, we got to we got to be better, man. Come on, we all got to be better. So, but uh, that's that's all I got for this week. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. <laughs> this shit pisses me off. I'm very excited about that kind of segment. Yeah, hopefully, I don't get the COVID from that show, and we'll we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Anybody got any stuff coming up before we go? I don't want to leave without that. I uh, literally nothing. <laughs> nothing what about you, Brian? Uh, oddly enough, I guess I'm the only one with something to to promote. Uh, <laughs> I'm speaking at uh, Creative Morning Charlotte. So if you listen to the show the day it drops uh, on the ninth, it'll be the morning of the tenth. At uh, Creative Mornings, go to creativemornings.com, pick Charlotte to uh, get the specifics. But it's a Zoom uh, conference on Friday morning, July 10th, and I'm the featured speaker. Fantastic. So I will be – can we just tune in? You can. Yeah, there there will be – I can send you a link. Uh, there's a YouTube link. It starts at like 8.45 in the morning or something like that. Ooh, don't be offended uh, if I don't tune in. But can you send me the link? <laughs> I won't. I will not be offended. I promise. It'll be ten people watching. No one's got <laughs> you say you say eight forty-five. Okay, that's a little rich for my blood. Okay, that's. Is it a Saturday or Sunday? Yeah. It's a Friday morning. Oh, it's, it's a Friday, Friday morning. Saturday. Yeah, okay. like like as as people listen to this tomorrow morning, but as we record this, it's a couple days from now. Yeah. Well, you heard the man. Get your asses up and get on the creative loaf. Not <laughs> yeah. creative There's uh, several hundred people already um, registered. This is the event. It it's uh, um, Creative Mornings. It's an organization. Um, Charlotte is creative. Uh, fellow network podcasters uh, Matt Olin and uh, Tim Miner from the Biscuit Podcast. Um, and once a month, they hold these events for uh, creative Charlotte people to get together and kind of network and share ideas. And and uh, um, it's normally in you know non-pandemic situations, a live event that takes place uh, at different uh, locations. They'll draw sometimes 500, 600, 700 Ooh. people. Yeah, it's um, a big deal that you're on. These Good for you. Thanks. Yeah, and it, and and it's I'm uh, looking forward to it. I'm gonna gonna tell my story and. Hopefully, um, uh, you know, encourage some people to uh, to do some things maybe that thought they weren't capable of. Wow, look at you, Brian. You know what? In the words of the great <laughs> Chris Tucker and Friday, when he was talking about Ice Cube finally whooping Debo's ass, he looked over at the crowd and he said, that's my dog. That's my dog. <laughs> Brian, once a month, gives me a reason to say, that's my dog. <laughs> I love to hear it, man. Congratulations, brother. Yeah, good job. Thanks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm going to do that during the Zoom. That's my dog. 
please, please in don't. The, in the chat, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, <it's okay. laughs> yeah, that's my dog. Yeah. Somebody say, mine too. All right, well, good. Uh, well, uh, that's all I got for this week, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, fellas, uh, we guess we out of here. It's great, to, great to hear your voices, guys. Have a good week. Yes, indeed. Have a good week, y'all. Peace out. The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 